This is Dan McCarthy, and you're listening to the Check-In Podcast. No city in the United States had been as adversely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic as New York City. I say that in full disclosure as a resident of the city and someone who very much loves all five boroughs that make up the city's limits. Since March 2020, since the start of the pandemic, the city has been beaten down. Visitors' numbers plunged, residents fled the city, and massive blocks of corporate office space have gone empty, with work from home silencing streets and avenues across Manhattan. To give you a sense of just how things felt here the last year, here's how some of the local and national papers put it in their headlines. The New York Times in April 2020. I don't think the New York that we left will be back for some time. USA Today shortly after. Get me out of here. Americans flee crowded cities amid COVID-19. The New York Post on August 17, 2020. New York City is dead forever. The New York Times on September 1st, 2020. Is New York City over? It all feels very bad for the city, especially reading those headlines. But for those uh, who are wagering on the city's demise because of COVID, I really wouldn't worry about losing those betting slips because history tells us that they most likely won't cash. After the attacks on September 11th, 2001, for instance, New York's tourism, an industry that was responsible for 280,000 jobs and $25 billion, suffered greatly as hot hotel occupancy fell below 40%. And according to New York City and and company, international travel was beaten down, taking five years to reach those pre-9-11 levels. Overall, according to New York City and company, the number of tourists in the city decreased from 37.4 million in 2000 to about 32 million in 2001, with most of that loss coming after those attacks in a single financial quarter. But if you zoom out on the chart, things look very different. Just four years later, in 2005, New York City welcomed 42.6 million visitors. In 2010, nine years after the attacks, New York City was up to 48.8 million. And in 2015, that number goes up to 58.5 million. In 2019, the last year before COVID, which is the next thing that's supposed to kill the city, New York City welcomed 66 million visitors, and that's a number to put in context that's more than three times what the the Magic Kingdom in Orlando at Walt Disney World sees in the same year. New York City and Company, for its part, according to its annual report for 2020, doesn't expect to see those same numbers until 2024. And for my part, I can tell you that New York City is different. It looks and feels like a different city, and walking through the once busy theater district now as Broadway remains dark is still a very surreal and sad experience. But Broadway will be back, I, I truly can guarantee it, and, and so will the rest of the city. But the question now becomes, how does the city get back there? And back to those numbers, getting back to those numbers, I don't think will be easy. I wanted to get a sense of how the city and the city's tourism arm in New York City and Company made its way through the pandemic and plans to make its way out of COVID both this year and next. I was fortunate enough recently to speak to Reginald Charlo, a longtime resident of New York City and the managing director of tourism market development at New York City and Company. I wanted to ask Reginald how tourism in the city is looking now and and what are the plans for New York City and Company going forward. I also wanted to ask him about why he thinks New York City is, in his words, the greatest city in the world and what his plans would be if he was tasked with being a tour guide for his visiting family and friends one weekend. 
Reginald also has a great tidbit about how he ended up at New York City and Company, a short anecdote that gives you a sense of the kind of ambition that drives the people at the company, the kind of ambition that you would trust with the massive task of rebuilding the city's tourism. I want to thank you all for listening, and I want to thank Reginald for joining me for this conversation. So let's check in with Reginald. Uh, well, well, nice to meet you, and thank you so much for joining me today. No, absolutely, pleasure to meet you too. I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to. We we're able to work this out and get um, to to be able to connect today. And so, are you guys back in back in the office yet at uh, with New York City and Company? Oh no, 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 not yet. No, um, we're still we're still working from home. Um, you know, there, there's talk of potentially considering going back uh, as a soft opening, maybe in the fall at some point in time, but uh, okay. nothing as of yet. I hope, I hope every well, we'll see, I guess what happens with the city, but I think I was just, I sort of gauged everyone with that question to figure out where everyone is right now. Um, but yeah, but I have some questions about the city and I have, some, I want to know about you too, though. Uh, sure. I, 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 I tried to connect with you on LinkedIn. So I saw a little bit of your background. I know you've been in the travel industry for a long time, but I'm curious, how did you end up in the position you are now? And how did you end up in New York? Was this always sort of home for you? Oh, that's a that's a that's a that's a very good question, Daniel. How much time do we have again? I'm just we kidding. Have just, about, just, teasing. Yeah, yeah. just teasing, just teasing. No, um, yeah. So no, I've been with um, I've been with NYC Company now. It's going to be in July, 13 years. So it it was actually pure happenstance. Um, I was finishing up my graduate studies at NYU in the Tisch Hospitality Program. So just want to give a shout out to NYU. Yeah. Uh, and I happened to I'd go to an event and I met the CEO and just walked up to him and said, I want to work for your company. And uh, when I said that, he, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere, but he told me come to his office the next day, which I did. And then we fast forward four months later that I ended up getting hired by NYC Company. And you know, as as coming on with the with the organization, which is actually a fantastic organization, I started off as director of tourism development for Europe. And you know, as time went on, you know, kind of expanded and grew a little bit more, and then got to the position of managing director for tourism development. The previous titles before COVID was um, managing director of tourism development for the established markets. So okay. that was uh, covering Europe, Australia, New Zealand. Canada and the USA. Of course, now with uh, this COVID, you know, now it's just really managing director tourism market development. So everybody's trying to redevelop again, if you will, on the international side as well as on the domestic side. Okay. Um, and so for my again for my research, just by looking at your LinkedIn, you you joined New York City uh, and company a few months before 2008, the financial, the, the big market crash. And mm -hmm. just because this is the conversation I've had with people in the industry over the last 12 months, yes. just because that seems like the last big memorable event for the industry. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what that was like. Was that, did that have a huge impact on the city and on, on how your role and your company's role in the tourism uh, with the city was going during that time? Um, it, it, it was, I mean, it was, because it, I think it's, you know, similar to, you know, what happened, what's happening now, it was very swift. It wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, uh, a kind of, you know, a three month process to take place. It, it literally happened overnight. And so with that, it was just preparing ourselves to make sure that I was doing what I needed to do to make sure to engage with the, um, with the various markets that I'd worked with to let them know that we were, we were so open for business. Things were still functioning the I, I guess if you want to look at it it's kind of odd to say the, the the advantage of the plus side 
is that it took for me for Europe, it took Europe a couple of months to get to where we were. So that was the plus side. So we, it was kind of, you know, getting ready, kind of letting them know, come to New York City, experience New York City now, come to New York City as much as you can, and then get them ready. And months later, probably like six months, six to eight months later, that they started to feel the impacts also. So they were already planning to, to come to New York City, you know, getting information out there to them about what's happening in New York City. Things were still open, things were functioning. You know, it was a major impact to the economy, however, you know, and, and to the industry to a certain degree, but we had our, our plans in motion in regards to yeah. how to tackle that, how to prepare people for that, how to let the people know that, yes, you know, you can still come to the various attractions that people are used to going to, like the Empire State Building, Top of the Rock at the time, uh, going to the museums to take advantage of, of these opportunities. So we, I was well prepared. We were all well prepared in regards to how to address this. It, it was a bit frightening because we weren't sure how long this would last. It was going to be one of those things that's going to last for like, well, you're too young for this, but um, <laughs> the um, economic crisis back in 1979, the gas crisis, you know, people were really, really worried and concerned about how that long that was going to last. It lasted for quite some time. This luckily, you know, it, it took a little bit of time to recover, but, you know, at least people were, were willing and, you know, people weren't limited to travel um, in the sense that you weren't allowed to travel. You could travel if you could afford it. And, you know, if people made concessions or if people said, you know what, instead of saying for five days, I'm going to say for three days. Okay. So that's kind of how it changed out. So it was it was a it was a great process in regards to transitioning and getting people ready and mentally prepared for this. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is a decent segue into talking about COVID, which is, I don't really I've been trying my best not to have the COVID conversation every time I speak to somebody, but it's just <laughs> impossible to ignore. But I mean, first, I, I, I sort of want to ask you about the typical tourist season in New York pre-COVID. I know everyone sort of said to me before that the high season's usually the holiday season in New York. And is that is that typically what, what you guys expect? And is that typically what you guys have seen in the past? Well, yeah, we've seen it in the past. I mean, it's basically been for luck, us, luckily, it's that it's been very consistent across the board through all four okay. quarters, so all, for all four seasons. Okay. But, you know, typically, like when you look at, for example, between Thanksgiving and Macy's Day, uh, Macy's Day Parade and the ball dropping during that time period, there is, there is an increase in visitation. So we we expected, I would say last year for 2019, 2020, we're expecting about 7 million people, roughly about 7 million people additionally coming to New York City during the time frame. So, you know, it is a wonderful time to be in New York City. I mean, every season is great in New York City, but there's something magical and special about New York City between during the holiday season, the lights, people shopping, moving around, just the atmosphere, the energy, people going to restaurants and cafe. It's just a very, it's just a very energizing moment in the city. And, you know, we do, we do find, we did find that people tend to kind of come during that time period, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, and so you just mentioned it. So the months leading up to the COVID emergence in North America and in New York, it was, it was trending to be a really strong season for, for that holiday season in 2019 and even early 2020 were things looking pretty good. Yes, they were, they were looking, they were looking very good. I mean, we were, you know, in 2019, we were once again on track for our 10th consecutive year of numbers visitation to new york city so we were, we were estimating at 66 million almost 67 million uh, visitors to new york city for the 2019 um, year and things were looking quite wonderful once again it's the, the time of year people are coming to new york city we were forecasting uh, predicting that you know 2020 was going to be very quite strong as well and then as we all know on that fateful day on march 13th friday the 13th ironically enough that everything came to a standstill yeah i mean and 
and I know we're not, we're only, I mean, get, we're a little more than 12 months outside of there now as I look at the calendar. How has COVID, I know there's been a ton of headlines about New York City over the last 12 months, and I, I'm in North Brooklyn, I live in Greenpoint, so I've been fully aware of all the headlines from all the newspapers, the metro newspapers and everything. But I'm curious, how, how have you guys measured the impact COVID has had on tourism in New York City, and how has it progressed over the last year? Well, it's, it's good to know that I'm talking to a fellow Brooklyn because I'm in South Brooklyn in Cobble Hill. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so it's nice to, nice to, to be able to talk to a Brooklyn that, that appreciates this. No, actually, no, with COVID, I mean, obviously, with not obviously, I shouldn't say that in, in a minimizing way. I'm just saying that with COVID, New York City, the tourism industry was impacted hardest. I mean, it was devastating. It was to the point of certain things not moving, people weren't coming anymore. So it definitely had a tremendous impact on New York City and visitation. Business, some businesses had to shut down. It was, you know, it was, it was difficult. I mean, jobs were lost. Hotels had to close down temporarily or some had to close down permanently. It just was, it was just very, it was just very devastating in the sense that tourism, which is a crucial and integral part of the city and the fabric of the city, having that suddenly, that lifeline cut off, if you will, yeah. that really made it really difficult for um, New Yorkers. So, you know, what we, what, New York City had to do, what NYC Company had to do was we basically not to get too burdened down and too cumbersome. We just we came up with a coalition for NYC hospitality and tourism recovery. So it was basically kind of leading to this roadmap, if you will, of how after, you know, this was just we did this in May. So from March to May, we were in the process of trying to think of, okay, how do we salvage this? How do we how do we save the industry? How do we work on getting the industry back to where it needs to be? And that's where we came in and kind of and created this 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 roadmap, if you will. And we we went in and kind of came up with um, local campaigns. So we came in with this campaign called the All In NYC campaign, and I was basically looking at and talking to kind of giving uh, New Yorkers a roadmap, something you know, something to look forward to, you know, sharing sharing their feelings and emotions about the city that they love. Also, you know, just looking at certain things, how to get how to get visitors excited about coming to New York City, whether they're local, because that was our first focus was local New Yorkers, local New Yorkers to just be able to go and do things in their city to reconnect with their city again. We we even came up with um with uh, what you call uh, staycations, a staycation guide, guides just to get people like familiar, re-familiar with their with their city about what they can do with their staying in the city or uh, as we call it, NYC-cation, a vacation okay. in New York City, or a neighborhood getaway, getting people that are in Greenpoint or Cobble Hill to get out of their neighborhood and kind of go over to, go to Jamaica, Queens, for example, for um, and kind of see what that has to offer. I'm going over to Staten Island, going over to St. George to see what that what the neighborhood has to offer. So we came up with um, neighborhood guides. So it's it was really kind of building a path for local uh, New Yorkers to kind of give them opportunities and access to different things that they may not have been aware of, or just to reconnect them with the city. We also came up with um, what you call virtual virtual NYC, so you can do virtual tours because a lot of par- parents had kids have kids, yep. and with the kids, the kids you know they they need something to do. So we came up with virtual tours of of cultural institutions, of museums, and certain attractions that were really useful and beneficial for parents and and kids to take advantage of. And kind of be able to do, be able to use that. So there were a lot of things that uh, NYC Company had done, and to try to get people re-energized about the city, kind of you know, kind of you know, think about New York City as the greatest city in the world, and to visit the greatest city in the world, and you know, and not and you know, and be be a visitor 
in your own city. And that was one of the key, that was a key things that we started, we were trying to do and kind of, kind of pushed out and it has, and it has, it's grown and it's grown now to where not only locals are taking advantage of this, but also when we look at the drive market, so the regional, so the tri-state um, is looking at reconnecting um, with New York City. Yeah, and I have to say, I've definitely tried to get out of my, I guess I would call it a comfort zone and try to get out of Greenpoint as much as possible, especially this summer was, it was a strange summer in New York. It did provide opportunities, I guess, to get to other neighborhoods and to see things that I wouldn't have typically thought to have seen on a usual year, I guess. So, I mean, I, I hope I've t- taken advantage of that. And, and yeah, so, I mean, how successful has it been? Has the campaign been and have you seen any trends in tourism over the past few months i guess since new year's have you seen a pickup in people outside of the drive market coming or is it are you guys still seeing mostly drive market and locals sort of exploring the city well i would say it's been it's it has been it has gone very well it's been quite successful in the sense that you know like i said before so when we talked to some of our members um they were telling us that you know they've seen an uptick in visitation because of certain because of certain programs that we put together the neighborhood getaway for example the the staycation guides so that has worked um to the advantage of the tourism industry you know getting people to go to restaurants because restaurants are, are open Outdoor dining, I should say, which is a permanent fixture, is has helped certain restaurants. Some restaurants have not been able to do do so well, but the intention is that we're trying to get people to reconnect with these restaurants. And now, of course, with all the changes that the governor's has made in regards to, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, he's allowing indoor dining at 50%. What's gonna what's gonna really be key is also, you know, the, the whole notion of of also pushing the fact of safety is important. So pushing that notion out there, putting that message out there, because we do have a, a stay well pledge which is basically a pledge that basically says that we're, you know, as businesses in New York City, we're looking, we are here to kind of, to follow the, the CDC guidelines, make sure that everything is clean and safe and for people to come in, come into our place of business to feel comfortable. And that's any business, that's any business in New York City, whether it's going to be the mainstays of going to the Empire State Building or the Top of the Rock or uh, MoMA, but also going into our various um communities, our BIPOC communities, to be able to, you know, to kind of engage with them and kind of go into their smaller business to kind of help support smaller businesses. This has really been the key and it's been advantageous. And now I think the, the, the cat's meow of how this is now expanding is the fact that the governor has now said come April 1st that domestic travelers, so people from California, from Michigan, from Florida, from, from Texas, from other states, no longer have to quarantine before arriving into New York City. So this, yeah. this is with that announcement that that's going to be really good for New York City. It's going to now not only, you know, give the locals uh, the experience of the tri- tri-state drive market, the experience of it reconnecting with New York City, but it's also giving those individuals who are living in, in Chicago or in Los Angeles who want to come to New York City, you can come now. You don't, have to, you don't have to spend 10 days quarantined in a hotel. You can actually now come to New York City without having to worry about that and be able to explore and experience or reconnect if you've been to New York City before with New York City. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to pick up on, you mentioned the outdoor dining. And I know from what I've read is that some restaurants in the city and some neighborhoods, and I think I, the, the neighborhood I read about was the East Village, they were never able to 
put tables outside or, or provide guests the opportunity to eat outside and COVID sort of changed that and relaxed those laws. And uh, along those lines, I'm curious, are there any other changes that came about because of the pandemic that you think will have a positive impact on New York City tourism uh, going forward, whether it's the short term or the long term? Um, yes, I, I definitely do. I think now one of the one of the changes we're seeing is I think it's 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 that is going is people supporting small businesses. That is one of the key things. It's whether it, it's a it's a store, it's a restaurant, it's a cafe. It's really getting people to go out and. And as we said before, explore other parts of the city. So, you know, yes, as I said before, we have our, our mainstays, our, our icons, you know, the Empire State Building, MoMA, but we also have, you know, neighborhoods, you know, for example, Bed-Stuy, which has a number of uh, various restaurants and cafes. There's um, Organization Caribbean um, that has, that basically kind of gets you into, it's basically a, a Caribbean uh, experience, if you will. So taking you on tours of uh, Caribbean restaurants and cafes and shops to kind of give you that experience throughout the city. So you're seeing something different in this within the city. Um, I think that is something that people are are looking towards. And one of the trends that that were that I'm hearing from the travel trade is the notion of, you know, people are, are looking to do um, walking tours, to be able to be outdoors and kind of have that experience. And, you know, we've come up, we've had some programs, which is the public arts, where people are outdoors and when walking and seeing the public arts and kind of getting that outdoor out you know, being outside and kind of breathing the air and you're able to, you know, walk through the city and walk through the different neighborhoods and be able to see different neighborhoods that you would have not forcibly been able to see, or maybe you didn't want to see, or maybe you didn't have the time to see in the past. And that's one thing we, that, that's one thing we also looked at also is, is the, the idea of a slow vacation or slow stay, uh, if you will. So, you know, most people, when they come to New York City, they're like, oh my God, I'm here in the city. I'm going to be here for three, four days and then I'm, then I'm gone. But now I think a lot of people, because of what has happened, of being you know stuck in your house, you're like, you know what? Now I think I'm going to want to visit and stay in New York City longer than three days. I want to stay in New York City for more for five or six or seven days, possibly. If you if you're if you're reading the papers and seeing the news, we're showcasing different parts of the city. And I think people want to reconnect with that and say, you know what? I want to take my time. I want to take my time and I actually want to go to the New York Botanical Garden this this go round um, and spend. A day going hanging out in that in that part of uh, part of New York City, or I want to go to the the cloisters. I want to go and spend time in St. George in Staten Island and actually mm-hmm. go and do a walk around by the Empire Outlets. And I want to go through and hang out in Williamsburg. I want to be you know I'm not I'm not a hipster, but you know I feel like a hipster. <laughs> you know, going to Brooklyn the Brooklyn Museum and in that area. So you're walking around and kind of getting the experience and and seeing live what you've been reading about or seeing on, on the news or through our website, nycgo.com, about what's going on in the city. And that's the kind of like the reconnection of what people, that I believe people want to be able to do and take advantage of this kind of like slow, slow stay or slow vacation, if you will. That is interesting because I think the notion that New York City could provide a slow vacation prior to COVID is just something that would be so far-fetched to a lot of people, especially people who maybe aren't so familiar with the city when they think about it in movies and TV shows and things like that. So I think that's that's a really a great way to think about things. But you, you mentioned sort of the off-the-beaten-path and the different neighborhoods, but I do want to ask about some of the typical or I guess mainstays of tourism in New York City. And the main thing I want to ask about is just because we had the announcement from the mayor last week was Broadway. I know you couldn't give me when Broadway is going to be back and running because the timeline still isn't super clear, but I'm curious if you could tell me about how important Broadway and I guess the entertainment industry in New York is for bringing tours back to the city. Are there any other New York City staples that carry that same kind of weight that Broadway and the entertainment industry carries in New York City? Yeah, it's 
that's a, that's a great question. I mean, yes, I mean, Broadway is Broadway is a major component to tourism in New York City. You know, obviously it, it employs a lot of people and, you know, we're waiting with bated breath that, you know, as they have said, Broadway is supposed to return, is going to return in the fall which is really, really exciting. But in the meantime, as we talked about before, there's a number of things that people can do and see as, as part of the recovery. It's, it's the, the hotels, it's the dining, it's the attractions, it's the iconic sites. I mentioned it before, you know, what's been open, that are open, still open now, are, has been open for a while to say is, you know, Statue of Liberty uh, Museum in Liberty Island. The Met, MoMA, Central Park, Fifth Avenue, all these, all these iconic locations or visitor attractions that people come to New York City for. Uh, for that particular purpose. Also, when we look at things, you know, arts and culture have been extremely important. I mentioned it earlier about public art, and it's it's really a great way to kind of reconnect with the city, be outdoors, and kind of see this have this kind of experience throughout the city. And it's really going into and looking at some of the new things that are coming to New York City and like getting ready for that. As you know, people are kind of waiting for Broadway to open. You know, you can go. There's going to be the um, the Moynihan train station that just opened up in January this year. So it's so those individuals who are coming from the Connecticut and you know New York or Pennsylvania, New Jersey, now you have a new way to be welcomed into the city with this brand new um, uh, train hall, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, then you know for families who are coming in because now the weather's getting warmer, it's springtime finally. They can head down to um, they can head down to Coney Island because Coney, Coney Island is going to have um, a new roller coaster um, okay. called the Phoenix. So. You know, that's going to be a lot of fun for, you know, it doesn't have to probably be families. It could be, you could go, Daniel. I mean, I can go. We could all go to Coney Island and go hang out and jump on a roller coaster. You know, then the, the exciting news is that, you know, there's going to be the um, the summit, one Vanderbilt. That's going to be the fifth observation deck or observatory, I should say, in New York City. So it's, so there are many, like, there are many things to be able to see and do. There's like a, a number of hotels opening up, like the Ace Hotel, which already has locations in Manhattan. They're going to be opening up in Brooklyn. Um, the Amman properties, which is really the Amman property hotel is the Amman hotels are very big in um, Asia, Asia Pacific, but now they're opening up in New York City. So that's going to add to a new way to have a nice stay in another stay in New York City. Other hotels are going to have the first in New York City is going to be the Virgin Hotel, as well as the Margaritaville Resort. Yeah, I saw the headlines about the new Times Square Margaritaville, and there's going to be uh, there's going to be some yes. pretty spectacular things there. I, I, I from what I've read. Oh yes, it's it's going to be fun. That's going to be a, that's going to be a fun that's going to be a fun hotel. So so it's as you can see, it's like it's it's yes, it's Broadway, but you know there are things that are that are surrounding the Broadway area that people can go visit and okay. do the various attractions, the hotels. But then of course, you know it's all about it's also dispersing dispersing visitors to go and explore more. So you can you can take advantage of many other things on the dining side and on the on the cultural side on the the walks throughout the city, walking tours throughout the city. I mean, it's absolutely a good opportunity to, for you to do that as we, you know, we wait for um, Broadway to open to kind of make it all encompassing for New York City. Yeah, and you've men you mentioned one Vanderbilt being the fifth observation deck. And I'm curious because I got to experience the edge at Hudson Yards in February. Yes. Um, I'm curious if you have a favorite. I know you probably don't want to play favorites with New York City, but if you have a favorite observation deck <laughs> and one that you would highly recommend to anybody. Oh, Daniel, are you trying to get me in trouble? Um, <laughs> No, it's you know what you know what I, I don't I don't want to sound cliche either, and yeah. and not give you the proper answer, but I think all of them are my favorites because all, each of them are unique. The uniqueness of, for example, Top of the Rock, 
top of the rock is the vantage point of it that it has, that it offers. You can take a photo, you can see the city from that vantage point, and you can see the city from, you can see Central Park from that location, and you can look down onto, Empire, you can look at Empire State Building. Now, you can't take a picture of the Empire State Building from the Empire State Building, so top of the rock gives you that advantage. Then you go down, you, tra you travel down to the, to the Empire State Building, which is the first. It's first the first, it's the alpha, it's the, it's the, you know, it's the, it's the one that everybody goes to for that classic view of New York City from that vantage point, just be able to see the city from that vantage point. I mean, it's, you know, it's, there's no other view that's, you know, that you can imagine because it is the first view in New York City from the Empire State Building. Then if you, tra you travel over to the, um, to the west side and you take, you go, you go to the top of the edge, the edge has a completely different vantage point. So now you're looking more so at the city from, from west to east. And you're also able to look at it from that vantage point of, you know, the north-south view. So you're looking at it from that angled view, which, you know, in and of itself with having, you know, having the outdoor platform out there, you know, if you're afraid of heights and you're afraid of glass and looking down through the glass, you know, you can, as, um, as uh, the, the people, uh, um, what's, uh, Chris, Chris Rosenau, Christopher Rosenau and, um, and Haley Ward, who, who are at the um, edge, say, if you're afraid of heights and you don't want to do that, you can look at the same view but having a cocktail inside of their um, yeah. inside of their restaurant. So there's that advantage. Um, and then when you look at One World Observatory, there's no view that gives you that vantage point of looking from the south to the north, right? So you're looking, you're looking from deep downtown, lower Manhattan, looking up, and you're you're looking up at, at the Empire State Building, you're looking up at the at, at the edge, you're looking up at top of the rock, and then you're gonna be looking up soon at the summit of one one Vanderbilt. Your 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 view of looking at the the Statue of Liberty is so much easier because the Statue of Liberty is just right there. So mm -hmm. th the views that you have are gonna be very are gonna be very, very different. And then when you get to the the, the summit one Vanderbilt, which I, I was able to have a sneak peek okay. this past summer. I was I was masked up, believe me, I was very safe. We were all very safe, we were very mindful of that. I had a sneak peek of that. And that view. It, that one blows your mind because of, because of the sense that you are that close and you could actually almost feel like you could touch the Chrysler building because it's that close to it. But then you're looking at the city from an east to a west vantage point. So all that to say is like, you know, even though they're all different observation decks and observatories, you know, they're, they're different and unique, but they're in New York City. So that makes it even more special. And the vantage points that you get looking east from the, uh, the summit looking onto Brooklyn, looking onto your apartment in Brooklyn, in um, Queens also, is that much closer. So you could just feel like you could touch Queens and say, hey, look, I'm in, I'm in Queens. So they all have uniqueness and special features that, you know, that makes it unique, which is why we love New York City. Yeah, I had a feeling you weren't going to play a favorite on the question, but it was nice. It's nice to hear the perspective because you do, you do see all, uh, just like for, for me being in the city the, for the past year, it has, I mean, it has seemed to be improving since those first couple months and seeing things open like one Vanderbilt very much dispels what I hear people say on social media and stuff about how New York City is dead. That seemed to be the big thing in those first few months. And I mean, so I have two more questions and that's the first one. I mean, if, if, if you heard that, if you heard someone say New York City is dead, how would, what, what would your reaction be? And how, what, I guess, what would your response be to that kind of, that kind of statement? It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek comment because, you know, if people say New York City is dead, it's like, well, at the time, everybody was quarantined, a lockdown. So, yes, so nothing's happening. But clearly, people who make those, who have made those comments, it's, it's almost to the point of, 
have you been outside? Have you walked around the city? Have yeah. you tried to go to um, MoMA? Have you tried to go to the Met? Have you tried to go to different museums or restaurants to go see and walk around the city? There is life in the city. The city is not dead. The city is quite vibrant. The city, things have been open in the city for a long time. Since last summer, things have been opening up in the city. I mean, there have been outdoor experiences that people have been able to take advantage of since last year. So it's, it's you know, it's one of those things where, you, you know, everybody's been stuck to their computers or their phones or whatever have you, but it's, it's to the point of get outside, get, get away from your computer, put it down for a moment, put your phone down and actually go outside and walk and take advantage of what the city has to offer. And then you'll realize and see that the city is not dead. There is actually life and activity taking place in the city every single day. And as we get closer to the warmer weather, people are out and about. I mean, it's people are out and about. People are, are actually are, are going to going to the restaurants, sitting outside. Um, you know, there are many people who are taking advantage of the staycations, people taking advantage of the neighborhood getaways, people moving around in the city, people doing things. People, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, people are being very mindful of. And I think, you know, that's one key thing that locals and regional visitors and domestic visitors are really being mindful of the fact of that how New York City has promoted the fact that we're we're safe and we're open. And I think with those two, with those two combinations, that's going to start bringing that's going to bring people back to the city to see the city as it was, and to see the how the city has renewed itself, as New York City always does. Everybody always thinks every counts New York City out, but New York City will, has always recovered very quickly because everybody knows New York City is, and I'll be cocky and arrogant and say New York City is the greatest city in the world. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't worry about being cocky and arrogant because I think that's what most people who live in New York City would say. And I think it's a part of the reason what makes New York City so special is because of the amount of pride in its residents. And it, it is great to hear you say that. And so the, my last question, and then I promise to let you go. And again, it's another personal question, but it's just because I know people will be planning vacations this summer. And especially mm -hmm. a lot of the travel agents who are probably listening to this will be, will my why might want to start marketing these kind of trips to their clients and if you had if you had friends or family coming to the city for a weekend this summer um and they wanted you to sort of show them around the city or you to show them a part of the city maybe they haven't seen before what would your plan be or if that's too big of a question i mean what what would some of the highlights be of of your tour of new york city well the first thing the first thing i, I would say to all to all the wonderful travel agents who are selling new york city so thank you all very much for that is you're not going to say you don't want to stay in New York City for a weekend. You want to stay for New York, in New York City for a little bit longer. You want to do the slow stay, the slow vacation. So you may want to consider doing four or five days. And if you when you do that, it is going to be the combination of exploring different parts of the city. So on day one, because you know you have to be really be mindful of of not exhausting yourself. And I think that's one of the things that people have done in the past. But to your point, to your question, I would start off first with. You know, on the first day of doing the, the the iconic, you know, doing the MoMA, the Met, the uh, the Empire State Building, the American Museum of Natural History, um, walking down uh, Broadway just to be able to kind of get the energy, walking through Times Square to get that energy. Then I would kind of work my way down to uh, Lower Manhattan to kind of get the Lower Manhattan downtown feel. Uh, walking past the One World Observatory, walking past the Museum of the American Indian. Uh, walking down past the, the seaport district and talk, going to a bit of shopping at uh, Brookfield Place. And then on the next day, you know, you then you make your way across the river, which crossing the river, as you know, Daniel, it does, is not, it doesn't require a passport. It takes a few minutes to get across the river to go to Brooklyn or to Queens. And if you're going to Brooklyn, you know, it is the exploration of downtown Brooklyn and exploring some of the different, going to, uh, for example, Brooklyn Bridge Park, 
to have that outdoor experience to be able to go kayaking through Brooklyn Bridge Park and taking a stroll through downtown Brooklyn and then making your way down to the Brooklyn Museum and the Brooklyn Botanical Garden, which once again, the Botanical Garden is outdoor. And then actually going to, which is not that far from it, is going to have an experience in Bed-Stuy to go see and support you know, small businesses, small, small um, BIPOC businesses in Bed-Stuy to have an, a, a, an experience there. Caribbean, as I mentioned to you before, is a great, a great organization to be able to, or a member of ours, to be able to go and experience some of the cuisine and the and the shopping and, and life in at Stai. Take advantage and go and go to the Navy Yard and go to turnstile tours and take a tour of this area and kind of get yourself reacclimated with this Navy Yard area and all of the the different partners that they have that kind of make the area unique from, you know, from food and from dining, ex- having those kind of experiences also. And then you make your way up to, to Long Island City in Queens. And you're, you know, there, there are hotel, there are a number of hotels that are in the area for you to stay in. You know, you go visit the Museum of the Moving Image, which actually is quite fantastic. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but it's actually quite a fantastic museum, which is uh, next to Kaufman, Kaufman Studios, where Sesame Street is shot. So it's a really interesting experience because you get to see how TV and film are made and it's very interactive. It's good for adults and kids. It's a really great way. Then you can go to Socrates Park. And kind of have that had once again had that outdoor experience. So within those five days, you're going through five different neighborhoods and having five different experiences. And then of course, you know, if you want, you're making your way to the Bronx and going to visiting the Brooklyn Botanical, uh, the New York Botanical Garden, forgive me, and visiting the Bronx Zoo, and then having a making a pit stop at the uh, the Bronx Beer Hall, and you can you know put your feet up and take a have a nice little uh, beer. If you have kids, obviously you're going to have lemonade. You're going to give them lemonade, obviously, but you know it's an experience. So you can definitely, definitely get a chance to see what the Bronx is like as, and see and live the Bronx experience, as opposed to see what's on TV. You know, you actually live in and breathe it, and you can see that the Bronx is very, very active. The people are, are out and about, moving around, um, and then if you have the time to, because you can now, you can go pop in and go see the Yankees play. And then you make your way south. So you can hit, you can basically hit all five boroughs in five days. So you can take one borough, one neighborhood at a time. And on the fifth day, your final day, you hit, you hit Staten Island. You go visit St. George. You go to the Empire Outlets. You go to a, a number of the food halls in that area. You go to Snug Harbor Cultural Center in, uh, in Staten Island. So you're getting yourself a full-on experience. And as I said before, the slow vacation, the slow stay is the way to go when you need to reinvent or reimagine or reintroduce yourself to New York City after not having been to New York City possibly in a year or more for those travel agents and yeah, for and their I clients. Think, I think we're going to get a lot of people reintroducing themselves to New York City. And it, it was great to hear your perspective. One thing I do want to point out is if you're going to see a baseball game, there's a stadium in Queens. I would go to that one if I was the if I was people coming into the... Trust me, I understand. And I'm, I'm not supposed to show favorites, but I'm, I'm going to show favorites to that team in Queens. The okay. Mets. That's good to no. hear. <laughs> I know, I know half my offices, half my colleagues are going to be like, how could you? You're supposed to be a Yankees fan. I'm like, mm, well, you know, there, there, there are those moments. There are those yeah. moments. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. And it was really great to hear your perspective. And for someone working inside of sort of the organization that has a response, not responsibility, but has a duty to see, see New York City's recovery through tourism. And it is great to hear your perspective. I learned a lot, even though I live here too. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And I, and I, and I thank once again, all of your listeners for um, selling New York and having sold New York and, and will be selling New York. We welcome you all back to New York City as soon as possible. Well, hopefully I'll maybe see you in South Brooklyn one day. 
yes. or I'll connect with you. Hopefully things are in person as the calendar keeps turning and that becomes a possibility. Yes, well, maybe we'll have maybe we'll have um, a burger right across the street from um, the Barclays Center while we're watching the um, the Nets possibly go to the playoffs. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, that could be some good news coming up too. Well, uh, thanks again, and yeah, it was it was great to meet you. Great to meet you too. Take care of yourself, Daniel. Take care. Thank you. <laughs>